0: Disney Vault Talk is brought to you by TOPS and the Star Wars Card Trader app. Check out the Star Wars Card Trader app now on your favorite iOS or Android device. And check out tops.com for all their exclusive gear, merchandise, cards, and more. TOPS, rediscover the joy of collecting.
1: Magical movies,
2: all it takes is faith,
1: trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures.
3: Well, once there was a princess.
1: I'm an Claw. That's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home.
3: Do you want build a snowman? But do it and do it now! You can always count on
1: something new from Disney. That's why they call
3: me Thumper. Look the, the, the,
2: the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff.
3: Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly.
2: Oh, Means family. Just a sec! Buzz,
3: will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> That's very
1: funny. I'm taking you to some place pretty special.
3: Ho ho ho! You won't find him
2: here! <laughs> the king has returned.
1: Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado.
0: Hello and welcome everyone once again to Disney Vault Talk, the most magical podcast on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson and I'm so happy to be along with you and I know that you are happy that this is... Possibly, maybe, the final episode of Disney Vault Talk talking about Moana. We've caught up with all of the Disney animated features, ladies and gentlemen. We're here. It's Moana. And we can't do Moana without the star of Moana, by the way. Um, I'm telling you what. uh, Watching each frame of this film, I thought, that's the co-host of Disney Vault Talk right there. That's the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. And we're going to bring her in. She is, as I said, the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. The waves uh, basically do what she wants them to do. She's Moana in real life, everybody. I'm telling you straight up, right down to her little saucy attitude. Of course you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa.
4: Hey.
0: How it's going?
4: How it's going. It's going. the last time we ever get to say
3: that.
0: Sounds like it. Well, you know what? There'll be, more, there'll be more Disney animated features.
2: Slow down, you're gonna crash. Baby, you were saying it's a blast, blast, blast. Ah! Look
3: out, baby, you got your blinders on. Everybody's looking for a way to get real gold. Real gone. Real
0: gone. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Teresa's in the house. And uh We are honored. As always, to have this guy on as a guest. Uh, he is, uh, well, Teresa's co-host on Star Wars Bookworms. He is the uh, r- he runs Bad Wolf Radio, a Doctor Who podcast. I feel like there's 50 or 60 other things he does online. Um, he has a great picture where he's about to cry, where Riley Blanton made him stand in front of Times Square and take a picture. And you can just see him coming to tears. He didn't want to do it. But he's a good friend of the show, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. I consider him a friend... And I'm so glad he's here, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome, uh, we welcome Aaron Goins to the show. Aaron, welcome, sir.
5: What's up, guys? How are you? I'm doing great. All right. Let's hit. Steve, if you want to see me cry, you could watch Moana. All right. That movie did bring me to tears. So you cry at Moana? Disney movies tend to get some kind of tears out of me. I wouldn't cry is a, is a little strong of a term, but there's definitely misty eyes going mm-hmm. on.
0: So well, Moana
5: had eyes. Moana had at least one or two moments that got me there.
0: They don't sure. or, listen. I tell you what, one
4: the, or two misty eye moments. Disney
0: misty no, eye moments. Disney yeah. knows how to pull the old heartstrings. That's for sure. Definitely, they'll make it happen. Um, and Moana is a triumph, but we'll talk about that. As we get there, um, momentarily, uh, but before we do all that, we've got some other stuff to get into, but just, uh, checking in, Aaron, things all right. Uh, when, when, pe- what people are wondering if they're wondering what I'm talking about, Riley Blanton from the star Wars report, well, you, you were with him at New York comic-con for, for a spell, right? Yes. And Riley found a place where he loved to take pictures. By the way, I got to see Riley in his drone today. Riley has Hi. a drone and it's pretty cool, by the way, I kind of want a drone now, um, and, uh, and he and Riley just got in the mode of taking pictures of everybody in front of this, this spot uh, kind of above Times Square. And, and what I tweeted to Riley was, because he seemed to be loving it so much, just take a picture of that background and start Photoshopping everything into it right down your lunch. <laughs> that would
4: be smart. <laughs> but
0: he had a picture of Aaron there, and he's like, he's about to smile, I promise. And, that look, and Aaron just looks like he's on the verge of tears. And I just want to be like, <laughs> what did Riley do to you? Where did he hurt you? How did he hurt you, Aaron? Tell me. And, um... <laughs>
5: I'm actually gonna be seeing Riley in just over a week. Are you headed down to run? Of of all places, at Disney World. Since yeah. This is Disney Vault talk. I figure you know this would be a good place to talk about it. But yeah, I may also be in tears when I go to see Riley um, because I will be doing the half marathon. Wow. Down there, and I'm yeah. It's I'm I'm worried about the the toll it might take on my body. You're doing. Why? Because you old. I I'm getting there. I don't know what. <laughs> what to the age limit is but yeah I'm getting there
0: why cause you old Mm. why yeah
5: man I love I love that Teresa talks to me like I'm old like she's like extremely younger than me but she's really not that that Mm -hmm. much younger than me
4: I'm really not but it's so much more fun
5: (laughs) (laughs) well
0: listen I wouldn't be able to do a half marathon why cause you fat that's what you'd say to me (laughs) there's no sense in that and you know, I mean, I know it's it's a half marathon, but you, Aaron, you know where we get the name for those events marathon, right? You know, educate the, me. You know the origin of that. Well, uh, there was a war going on in Greece. There was someone one of those one of those Greek wars, and um, there was a messenger that had to make a twenty six mile run to Marathon. That's why a marathon is twenty six <laughs> miles. Ah. With a message that was going to help like win the war, or some such. He got there, delivered the message, and here's the here's the rub: he dropped dead. Wow. Yeah,
5: he 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 probably didn't train appropriately.
0: Hmm. Well, in no, the training it's, program. hey. Here's the thing: I don't want to do anything that's named for something that killed somebody.
3: No, hey, that's a good point.
5: And I'm I'm with you because I'm not a big fan of running, but when you get the opportunity to run through like three different Disney parks in the morning before sure. anybody else is allowed in there, and you get to kind of do it, and it's like. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a half marathon but it's really more of a hey let's run through Disney and stop and take pictures and you know it's you know I'm sure there's actual marathon runners that kind of kind of scoff at the Disney marathons. Mm-hmm. So, well, hey,
4: you know what? If I want to meet Disney characters, I can just go to the parks and get in line.
0: I did, That's true. That's true. I did a uh I did um the Star Wars 5K a couple of years back down at Disney World and it goes through Epcot. And that's about enough for me.
4: Didn't yeah. you complain about the speed bump?
0: Oh, hey! <laughs> I was doing fine, and then we got to a speed bump, and it was—it I mean, might as well have been a mountain. I was so tired at that point; <laughs> it might as well have been a mountain. <laughs> well, that'll be me.
5: That'll be me in about a week, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> wow! Well, we believe in you.
4: If you—if Moana is there, you better stop and take a picture with her. I don't care how long the line is. mm
5: Hmm. Yeah, I I saw some of the I think some of the photo ops are like very unique cuz I know Teresa, I know you like to find the really unique characters. Yes, they do the
4: they do limited ops, so. characters at the runs. Yes, so yes, yes. There is yes, a reason. Yes.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my thing is when we were doing I got really competitive at the 5K. By the way, I think I've told the story. <laughs> I have no business being competitive in a run. But um, as, I was, uh, as I was going, I kept seeing people. I'm like, oh, I've got to beat that people. I've got to beat those people. i got to beat that person. You know, it'd be someone who was, like, even fatter than me. Or at one point, we're coming around, and we're, we're toward the tail end of everything. And I'm like, oh, I, that guy has a fake leg. i gotta, I got to finish before he does. <laughs>
3: That's
0: terrible. It is terrible. I admit that openly and freely. But um, but that's where I was. I was not about to, you know, lose so to speak to someone, you know, who didn't have well, all those
5: appendages. In the half marathon, mm-hmm. they actually have like a cutoff. There's a certain pace you have to stay at, and if you don't keep that pace, they will literally right. pick you up in yeah. a van and take you <laughs> to the finish line. So yeah. that's motivation enough for me to yeah. not be embarrassed like that.
0: Well, <clears throat> I, I I'd be like, pick me up. It's the balloon It's the balloon ladies, right? That come walking up behind you. And if they catch up to you, you're out. Like they, they, I don't know. Maybe. They're like hooked to balloons. We believe in you. Let's just say that. We believe in you. Now that I've offended everybody, um, did Steve we run or walk? We
4: believe that you will win. We believe that you
0: will win. I, 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 I briskly walked for the most of it. And there were moments where I would run to get around a certain group of people. Then we met these cute girls. <laughs> And and one of them was kind of cosplaying a little bit with like a little uh, Sully, not Sully, yeah, Mike, who is Mike and Sully, right from Monsters Inc.
4: Mm, that's what they say. Yeah, we haven't reviewed that.
0: Right, because we're
4: not Pixar podcasts.
0: Yeah, but you know the Pixar movies. Come on. <laughs> Anyhow, and she had a tail attached to her, like Sully. And at one point, she started hitting me with the tail accidentally, like it was bumping into me. And um, I was like, uh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, that's fine. Nice tail. And I kept going, you know. And then it was kind of a joke between us the rest of the way as we, were, we kept kind of catching up and lapping each other. But that's about the extent of it. <laughs> she wasn't flirting with me. I mean, listen, you're not going to flirt with a fat, sweaty man. I'm telling you that right now. There was nothing flirt-worthy about me that day, ladies and gentlemen. So, Um, All right, awkward. So let's just do some emails.
2: When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere. On foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend, maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know, the mail must go through.
1: We need those letters.
2: From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. How oh, can you read this? There's no pictures. And then I'll put that in a box. And then I'll put that box inside of another box. And then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives,
1: ah, I'll smash it with a-
0: All right. Well, <clears throat> I'll start, Teresa, with... David Wahe, that's how I'm going to say his name. <laughs> uh, the subject line, Steve. You're the only one that think that doesn't think I have a bit on this show. I would have had two bits on this show if you hadn't have messed up my baby's toes bits and stopped my Disney song that sings about baby toes right before it started singing about baby's toes. Well, you know what? It took a while for it to sing about baby's toes, David. So why do you want to know how to pronounce my last name? Why do you think the pronunciation of my last name is interesting to the listeners of a Disney podcast? Why do you want to know how to pronounce my last name when we still don't know what your middle initial is? That makes no sense whatsoever. Why do I keep capitalizing "why" in this email? Might be an important plot point. Right, it's why he. Or is it just why? Oh, no. What if his name's just David Y? Oh! oh. And just to prove that my ADD doesn't completely control my life, I'll actually finish this email without changing subjects, which will disappoint all three people that find my emails interesting. One being my mom, who listens to Disney Vault Talk just to hear you read my emails. Hi, Mom. Hey, David's mom. The origin of my last name is German. Its meaning in German is blessing before war. Ooh. That's both beautiful and ominous. If you set up a Google News alert on my last name, you'll quickly discover there's a major river in China that shares my last name. From what Google tells me, this river is highly polluted and often kills people. Well, blessings before war. Tell Bobby to stay away from it. He's talking about Bobby the Blue Whale. That's a big honking show thing. Not everyone listens to the big honking show. There's also some pretty high-level guy at KFC with my last name. However, I've not been able to leverage that into free food. The simplified American pronunciation is why. Okay, so it is why. So not why he. Should be why he, by the way. Although I'm told the German version starts with more of a V, like a FI. That makes sense. David FI. From what I know of German, it's probably also said very loud and angrily. Well, that seems kind of nationalist. Now, can we get back to the Disney talk? I thought this was Disney Vault talk, not David FI talk. Or the Yoda Seagull song is always good, too. Oh, come on! Did Did I just really walk smack dab into that? Yes, you did. I can't believe it! We were gonna get out without it. I, I like even before the show, I'm like, maybe I should play this. And I'm like, no, nah, you know, we play it all the time. There's no sense in it. Here we go.
2: Rockin', rockin' and
0: rollin'. Down to the beach I'm strolling. But the seagulls poke in my head. Not fun. Not fun. Seagulls. Mm. Stop it now. Stop it now. <laughs> Everyone told me not to stroll on that beach. Okay, well, there that is. Sorry, everybody. Blame David Fly.
3: Then there was a log.
0: (laughs) One time I was walking and I saw a log. And I rolled that log over and there was a stick there. And I was like, that log had a child. That log had a child. All right, our friend Sarah Wolaski has emailed as well. She was on our most recent episode of Zootopia.
4: She was. She says, hey, hey, Steve and Teresa. I had the Frozen episode on in the car and had to pull over to write this email. Wow. The statement, Frozen is the best movie since the Disney Renaissance, of course, had me riled up. Yes. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that Steve brought up Tangled as a solid contender and do agree that story-wise, Tangled has the edge. Music wise, even though I love I see the light has to go to Frozen. Riley and Teresa, your point on how you watch the films your point on how you watch the films was what made me write this email. I know you both said it was the experience that helped push Frozen over the edge. Now I have an interesting experience because I saw both films their opening weekend at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood with my mom. Mm. Arguably the best place to see an opening of a Disney film. I was absolutely transported to Corona with Tangled. The 3D, the music, the story, it all felt perfect. The lanterns seemed to float all around me in the theater. I fell in love with both Rapunzel and Flynn, her being me and Flynn being that lovable scoundrel I see in Han Solo and my own husband. ah, Richard. And growing up loving adventure films like Indiana Jones, Tangled was a perfect mix of a Disney princess film and that action-adventure genre I adore. I was expecting a similar experience in the El Cavitan with Frozen, and I didn't get it. The story, the story seemed a bit off-kilter, and I remember not really liking some of the songs and lyrics. Perhaps my expectations were too high? I'm not sure, but I know it did not transport me. Perhaps that's a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Also, I believe I felt a bit resentful of Frozen because it completely took focus away from Tangled. That being said, Frozen has grown on me, especially seeing the way little girls and boys have taken to the film and its soundtrack. If it becomes the film that defines the second renaissance, so be it. But Tangled will always have a special place in my heart. Thank you for being so fun to listen to while I drive, wash dishes, and go about my daily life. Friends in my ears, Sarah.
0: I like the statement, if it becomes the film that defines the second renaissance, so be it. But Tangled will always have a special place in my heart. Because that is what this stuff is all about. Because for me, you know, as much as I enjoyed Tangled and Frozen, I, I, I you know, we have talked about it, Tangled has the edge for me on, on my enjoyment of the two movies. If for nothing else, in the moment, with spontaneous tears, like I was not expecting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but... To me, there's such a this this whole era has been so full of just painting with wide brushes of what is possible uh, for Disney to do in their storytelling. Um, you know, because you have stuff like Tangled and Frozen and, and your classic princess tales like Moana even is to an extent, and and you then you have stuff like Wreck It Ralph and Bolt and and Big Hero Six. You know, just good stories with great characters and. Um, And I feel like Disney is really doing a great job these days of diversifying their storytelling, you know, as far as the type of stories they're telling. They, you know, in the in the old days, it seemed like what defined them more than anything else were those fairy tale stories from Mm -hmm. from Cinderella to Snow White to Sleeping Beauty, you know, and then in the renaissance of the 90s, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and, and that sort of thing. And and though you had your hits like One Hundred and One Dalmatians and movies we love like Robin Hood and, and even Aristocats, those movies don't really seem outside of people who just absolutely love them to have the 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 mass appeal that some of those fairy tale stories did. But now I think we've entered an era where they've figured out how to just tell stories across the board in a very entertaining and engaging way. So I, I think more than one film it's gonna be um, as we look back, you know, whenever this era ends, I think it's going to be, um, the diversity of storytelling that went on. There will be music, of course, and songs that I think are definitive, but I don't know that one movie will stick out. Frozen may stick out because of its mass appeal to an extent, but I also think that one of the markers of this era is, is just
5: the diversity in storytelling.
4: I agree. Well said. Aaron, are you Tangled or Frozen?
5: Um, I was thinking, I I didn't know if that question was going to come my way, so I was trying to think of it the whole time that Steve was talking, which one I would pick, because they're so close for me. I think there was definitely a time that Frozen would have edged Tangled Out for me, but I I think I just, I think I got kind of caught up in the Frozen hype. I think the music overall is much better in Frozen, but the story is better in Tangled and Maybe I've just seen Frozen too many times, but I'm kind of leaning back towards Tangled now.
4: Mm-hmm. No, do you want to like. build a snowman? <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, but yeah, Tangled Tangled has a couple really, really good songs, but overall the soundtrack's pretty weak. Uh, Frozen, hands down, has a better soundtrack.
0: It's definitely got that more classical, memorable songs of Disney feel to it.
5: Yeah. Um, for sure. But, but, but so both, does
4: this one.
5: They're both two of my favorite Disney movies all mm-hmm. around, so and Moana beats them both. So
4: yeah, Moana beats them both for me too. So
0: Mo- Moana is great. I'm not gonna lie. We'll talk about it momentarily, but before we do, we got a little Disney watch and some uh, some stuff from last week to talk about.
3: Hey, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch yourself. Oh, who goes there? Hey, watch it now, watch
0: it, watch it, oh. watch up, oh. Disney watch. I guess I should say some stuff that we didn't talk about last week to bring back up this week. Mm -hmm. So, Teresa, you want to give the introduction here to to this article?
4: Sure. So this is an article from the Daily Mail, and I'm going to read the title of it for everybody, which is, Scared of Death? Watch Disney Movies. Professor who specializes in our fear of mortality said the cartoons perfectly prepare us for the end. So, Professor Kelly Tenzek... Of the University of at Buffalo analyzed 57 Disney movies, assessing them on the psychology certain psychology criteria and if they would be effective therapy for kids and adults that are struggling with fear of death. And you know, with everything that's gone on with me and my life recently, and you know, what I teach, I teach health, and what I have to teach I have to teach about grief and stuff. I was like, you know what? These really do a great job of preparing you because you're watching it from a very early age. And some of the deaths in Disney movies are more dramatic and emotionally I don't know. Emotionally like I don't know what you would call it, but tra- I don't know, tragic, I guess. Then traumatic, some action movies, yeah, traumatic, that's a good one. Um then Some like adult drama films. So, I mean, like the death of Mufasa is.
5: Right. (laughs) I just rewatched Lion King and it it had been a while because I'm kind of a snob as far as I don't like to watch. I don't like to watch it if it's not in HD. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so and I don't have an HD copy of it and you can't buy it yet because it's still in the vault.
0: Yes, we have it down here in the vault right now. but
5: It just came out. (laughs) Did it come out now? Yeah, it's out. Okay, oh, so but I, no, I went, it's not
0: remember, in the vault anymore. I put it out there for everyone to
4: see. So sing. remember
5: when they re-released it into the theaters mm-hmm. briefly? Yeah, was that because, because I went it was twice. coming out in the vault? Yes. Okay, so I was so I saw that it was coming out in theaters, and I know Teresa, you went and saw, and you were talking about it, and so I ba- barely caught the tail end of that, of where they had it in theaters. I took my son because I was like, "Oh, I'll take Quinn to go see it. He's never seen um, Lion King in the theater before, and that's an amazing experience to share with somebody." and so I took him to see it and it had been a really long time since I'd seen the movie because I was being so snobbish about not seeing it if it wasn't in HD and wow I had forgotten how like dramatic his Mufasa's death was mm-hmm. and not only like the scene where Scar kind of like digs his claws into his paws and then very personally has this conversation with him as he's throwing him to his death to be trampled but then Simba like happens upon his father's dead body Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like doing the whole like Ewok like oh wake up you know kind of thing and I'm just like this is this is like I'm looking over at my son making sure he's okay because I'm I had forgotten how like traumatic that scene was
4: yeah and in this article I'm just gonna read this little tiny bit it says These movies present opportunities for parents to discuss end-of-life issues with children and confront their own fears. Professor Kelly Tenzik said these films can be used as conversation starters for difficult and what are oftentimes taboo topics like death and dying. These are important conversations to have with children, but waiting until the end of life is way too late and can lead to a poor end-of-life experience. I would actually really agree with that, that... These movies give you a chance, and there's tons of different topics, not just death and grief and dying, but so many people have a fear of death, and when you have something like this that the kids enjoy, you can really take that moment and use it as what teachers call a teachable moment to take a topic that a kid is identifying with and being able to make it real. And so we have Mufasa's death, which is pretty bad, but one of the other ones is Bambi's death, Bambi's mother's death, because you hear the gunshot with that, and you see the birds fly, and he's just, like, laying there by himself, and she never comes back. It's just, like, that's, So terrible.
5: Another one that, um, the good dinosaur.
3: Mm, Yeah. his dad
5: gets kind of washed down the river, and that was pretty... That was pretty rough, too. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a couple of things to say here.
0: (laughs) Number one, um, the writer of this article is Mia DeGraff for DailyMail.com. Mia DeGraff needs an editor because this title of this article, Scared of Death? Watch Disney Movies. Professor who specializes in our fear of mortality said the cartoons perfectly prepare us for the end. If I were the editor, I would say, all right we need to shorten this bad boy up. <laughs> this is a first line of an article. this is not a title of an article <laughs> How about professor says Disney cartoons prepare us for the end? Boom and then we move forward um, the, the we it's become a punchline in a lot of ways that you know don't be a, I've, I've said it a bazillion times don't be an animal's parent in a Disney movie. Mm -hmm. Don't be a parent in a Disney movie or you're, yeah. Or you're, you're going to die. You're going to have issues or a grandparent. Um, and, and, and it's, you know, it's true. And I think about it's not a Disney movie, but I think of, uh, my generation, Optimus Prime in the, in Transformers, the movie back in the eighties, you know, his death was huge that Hasbro thought they were just making the way for new toys. They didn't realize how much kids had, had glommed onto these characters and um, there are stories of, of of boys locking themselves in their room and refusing to come out because Optimus Prime died. They went to the movies and watched Optimus Prime die, you know, and and they just couldn't deal with it. And um, and and you come to find out that what that what you have to do then in those situations is have a frank discussion with your children about about this kind of stuff, especially if they especially if you're blessed enough to to have never had to deal with it as a family, you know, with your kids, you know, at a point where you're at. Um and and the fact that it's never easy, but life does go on as we see and that's one thing that all these Disney movies really show mm-hmm. is is that it is never easy, but in each lesson, each one has in a lot of ways a different lesson. You know, just using some of their different uh different examples here. You know, with um with the Lion King you know, it's it's a thing of you can't wallow in the past. No matter how painful it is, you can't run from it. You've got to learn from it. And, um, and and that even includes the death of his father, that Simba had a, a responsibility and a life to lead, you know, in his father's footsteps. And and by forsaking that, you know, he made a mistake. And so he had to go back and, and rectify his mistake and his reaction his response to his father's death, even though he was lied to and there was manipulation there. Um, you know, with uh, they mentioned big hero six here. Oh my gosh, yeah. and I'm telling and you inside what, out. oh, don't
4: Mm-mm. okay. <laughs> I mean, big hero six is so interesting because well, big hero six and inside out. Because they highlight the emotional response to death. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the biggest things that we have to learn how to deal with is our emotions and how we're going to express our emotions as we go through grief when somebody we love passes away. And in Big Hero 6, we get to see Hero shutting down like a lot of people do and Mm -hmm. locking himself up and not wanting to be a part of his ongoing world. And in Inside Out, we get to see. uh, What is his name? Someone help me. I'm just thinking about Bing Bing Bong. Bong. Bing Bong. Thank you. Bing Bong sacrifices himself for For joy. joy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while Riley may not process the loss of that imaginary friend, Riley is processing her own loss, (sighs) which is, you know, she's depressed because she got, she moved away. We're going to talk about that, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's just, these, just, oh, those conversations, they're, yeah.
0: Well, and the thing is, is having these characters and having these movies, it really does help. And, and like I say, each one is, is different because sometimes it's a very sudden thing. And in and, and most of these circumstances, um, the, the the death is sudden uh in other circumstances you go back to big hero 6 and the death is it, itself it it's sacrificing for the greater good in a lot of ways both with um hero's brother and with uh with baymax you know at the end when we think baymax is done for and um you know and there's something noble there and there's something worth talking about in that situation same thing in inside out you know bing bong literally sacrifices himself so joy can go on so that this girl can have joy and i can't even talk Mm -hmm. about that my god but then there's also um like up you know i mean the first 10 minutes of up where you know it just kind of walks through all the whole process of life and and there are going to be some kids who it just goes right past them and it doesn't really hurt them you know like that so much but um but then there's going to be kids who really take it in and they think about it. And it's okay to have these conversations with kids. And, you know, it's an important, and it's a, they're just great tools. It can be a great tool to use. And you can even, for those, you know, who have religious and spiritual uh, views on death, it's a great way to even open up those doors, to have those mm-hmm. discussions as well. I mean, there's nothing, it, it, there's nothing off limits. And, and it's just one of the things that I don't know that any other company has ever done with children's fare the way that Disney has. And it, and it begins as far back as Bambi, you know, mm-hmm. um, where you have. Well, you know,
4: I mean, it, it, it expands on the, the death thing. I mean, it, it, not just death, but just everything. I mean, Disney has never said, oh, we're not going to tackle that you know, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to do that. Disney has always been that company that has said we will go there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they analyzed 57 films where 71 characters died.
0: Good night. So that's
4: more than, that's more (laughs) than one, a movie. And, you know, on, on top of all of that, there's all the other just monumental issues that show up in Disney movies that are great or great teaching tools. And, One of the things I was thinking about, too, is whether or not the death is on screen like Mufasa or -hmm. if it's off screen like Anna and Elsa's mom and dad. Right. You know, we don't actually see them die. We see a ship and we have an assumption, Mm -hmm. you know, so that is also part of it. And the amount like how impactful that moment is really can hinder on the visuals of the situation.
0: Well, it's interesting because you talk about the fact that there are other issues that Disney's never really been afraid to tackle in, with with these with these situations from from cultural stuff. I mean, you go back to you know trying to do their best to honor the culture, the, you know, the Latin culture of Central America with three caballeros and um, and the other one that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. Saludos amigos. Saludos amigos. Saludos. Saludos. Um, but yeah, you take you take that, you take um you, you look at uh I mean even and then you jump ahead to something like Frozen and and, and the theme there, you know, I, the the death of the parents is really just a plot device to put um Elsa in a position to have to take their place eventually. Right. And and what she was left with by her parents and you know, and the whole idea of uh how do you deal with fear and how do you deal with um, stuff maybe about you that you don't understand and that sort of thing, and you get into that with, with that situation, and why it's important to to not keep your feelings bottled in all the time, uh, because you end up making a giant snow monster that almost kills your sister, and, uh, and, and you get into these things, and, and these are fun discussions, but then there's also, but here's the other thing, you don't have to make Disney all serious either, I mean, these movies right. are fun, and they're funny, and you know, you go from Simba, you know, losing his father to, and almost dying in the desert to Pumbaa and Timon vulture bowl, bowling. Mm-hmm. You know? You,
4: or it, even movies like Zootopia. I mean, Zootopia didn't take itself too seriously.
0: No, but it had a really, I mean, that there's some good themes there to explore. Lilo and
4: Stitch, Emperor's New Groove.
0: Ohana means family.
4: Emperor's New Groove is a great movie that doesn't take itself too seriously
0: right, right <laughs> absolutely
4: it just is what it is it's insane mm-hmm. and amazing
0: and so and that and that and I think that's the key, and that's one of the things that I always try to do with anything that I'm into is just how much fun am I having with it you know and and I don't know that anyone though they don't shy away from these moments like Lion King, like Bambi's mom. How about like Dumbo's mom? You know, they uh, don't they don't shy away from these moments, but at the same time, those moments don't end up overshadowing the whole process. Tarzan. You know the whole mm-hmm. situation with Tarzan. That that is part of his origin. That's the origin of that character, is that his parents were killed and he was raised by uh these apes. So and so he had to uh you know, he he then becomes who he is, the king of the jungle. But you know, and that's just part of his origin. And so it doesn't end up overshadowing the whole thing. Have you seen the video, by the way, speaking of the good dinosaur, of the little toddler baby watching the good dinosaur?
4: Oh no, I haven't.
0: This is a this is a itty bitty tiny toddler baby watching the good dinosaur at the point oh, where the dad gets washed away down the river.
4: Oh no. And so we wanna she, oh, should we save this? It'll, no,
0: it'll break your heart. Um,
4: we should save it.
0: I can't. I've got oh,
4: to show no. it to you. Well, Aaron, while he's looking for that, since you have young kids, is there? Do you think you would take advantage of the fact that you can tackle these topics with them? And if you were going to, what movie do you think you'd use?
5: Um, yeah, I mean, my son has already—it's already come up as we watch Disney movies. It, it happened at a certain age. You know, when he was younger, I think a lot of the the death of the characters kind of went over his head. He just didn't realize that's what was happening. Um, I remember when he saw Good Dinosaur for the first time, he was just like, "Oh wow, his dad! Like, how is he gonna find his dad now?" You know, he he didn't he didn't have the concept that he lost his dad forever. He just thought, "Oh, his dad got washed away, and he'll find him later." Um, but recently, as he's gotten older has started asking questions about characters in movies like oh are they dead you know he's starting to understand what the word means um when someone dies so it has allowed for us to kind of have that conversation with him and kind of explain um you know death and how people deal with it so I think you know this article makes some great points because I've already kind of experienced that as a parent that that these movies has allowed have allowed us to have that teaching moment
0: well and and in my family, we never had to have that moment with these movies. Um, You know, we kind of grew up, I don't want to say in the shadow of, but in the aftermath of, and in in the constant remembrance of an older brother who'd passed away when he Mm -hmm. was, when he was eight. And so we always kind of grew up with that. And my parents were always really good about not shying away from talking about my brother or answering questions, you know, about him or that sort of thing. like, they, they really dealt with it in a very healthy way. They were heartbroken, of course. But as they raised their children, you know, the other children, um, you know, they would share stories and we would remember them and laugh about certain things. And, and, um, and, and we had, you know, and there were tender moments, too, where we'd remember stuff. And so we kind of grew up with that. So watching these movies was never like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe someone died. It's like, this happens. This is part of life. And um, but I also know that you know that's very unique to my family that not everyone has those experiences, and and these and these things end up being a great moment for discussion. Um, I put that thing in the chat. This is just the cutest little girl, and she's got just the biggest eyes, and she's just sitting there watching the good dinosaur. He's <laughs> sad. He fell. He's
3: sad. Oh no! Why is he sad? He
0: flew off. Oh, my she's just tearing up. He flew, he flew off. Oh no. Did he fall in the water? And her little her yeah. little mouth has just turned down into he a frown.
3: Saying, oh look, he's waking up. See? He's get, up dinosaur.
0: get up, dinosaur. And her oh, little she's got just tears sad? welled up in her eyes. That made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that'll be one that comes back around, everybody. (laughs) Bless her heart. So, it's a really interesting article, and, um, you know, it is something that uh, I will not allow to stop being a punchline, though. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ever be a parent in a Disney movie. That's all I'm saying about that. So, well, let's get into... uh, Let's get into Moana. Let's get into Moana.
2: Peaceful island has been home to our family. But beyond our reef, a great danger is coming. Legend tells of a hero who will journey to find the demigod Maui. And together, they will save us all.
3: God of the wind and sea, I am hero a... of
1: men Wh- what it's actually Maui shapeshifter demigod of the wind and sea hero of men I interrupted from the top hero of men go I am not going on a mission with some little girl
3: this is my canoe and you will journey to different
1: Not see that coming.
3: The ocean is a friend of mine.
1: First, we've gotta go through a whole ocean of bad. (gasps) Kakamora.
3: Kaka what? They're kinda cute.
1: I got your back! It's Maui time! Uh, really? Blow dart in my butt cheek.
3: We're going to the realm of monsters?
1: Don't worry, it's a lot farther down than it looks.
0: All right. Well, Moana. This is Moana. Teresa delgado Teresa Delgado stars as Moana in a classic princess tale of a young lady who wants more than her people are willing to go after. Then, in an effort to save her people, nay, the whole world. she teams up with The Rock, his tattoo, and a chicken to restore the heart of Tefiti and bring balance to the Force. Also, she's a waterbender. My Avatar fans know what that's all about. And the music is really great. This is Moana. And here's Teresa
3: with some history. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well,
1: actually, I. Uh, yes, I do. As you can see, the
4: pseudoscience... Well, guys, this is Disney's 56th and last, at this point in time, animated feature film. We have come to the end.
0: This is it.
4: We have done it.
0: <laughs>
4: we are all caught up. It
0: only took us five years.
4: I don't know if it was really five years, though, was it? No. Four. No, okay. Four. Oh, close. So, this movie was released theatrically in the U.S. on November 23rd, 2016. It's directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who we know from The Great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Princess and the Frog, Treasure Planet, Aladdin, and Hercules. That explains why I love this movie so much, Mm -hmm. because I love all of those. Now, it came out to generally positive reviews from critics with pra- uh, particular praise going towards its animation, music, and vocal performances. It grossed over $643 million worldwide. Hmm. Its domestic gross was $248.7 million. And its opening weekend, it did $56.6 six million. Fifty, Yeah, $56.6 million. I can do numbers. I can. I got you. And it was, it was number one. It's opening weekend. Hooray! Sorry. Just really excited about that. Now, it came out in the same year as Zootopia, which marked the first time since 2002 that Walt Disney Animation Studios would release two features in the same year. What came out in 2002, Steve? Yes, you have show notes, but pretend you don't. I'm not looking at the show notes.
0: Um, okay, it's 2017 now, so 15 years ago would have been 2002. Would that have been Atlantis? No? Am I on to it? Eh. Okay, 2002. Would that have been Bolt? Eh. 2002. Would that have been Chicken Little? Dude, no. Oh. Okay.
4: It's Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet. Lilo
0: and Stitch. I was going to say Treasure Planet next.
4: (laughs) Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet. At least
0: I was hitting in the right time frame.
4: You were in that weird time frame of movies. Yes. Well done. Well done. Now, in 2011 is when uh, Musker actually presented the idea. He began reading up on Polynesian mythology and learned about the myth of the demigod Maui. And he got intrigued with the culture of Polynesia, and he thought it would be suitable for an animated film. So he got... um, Ron Clement's on board, and they pitched it to Lasseter, and Lasseter said, well, if you're going to do this, you need to go on research trips. Darn. Who wants to travel? (laughs) So in 2012, they went on research trips to Fiji, Samoa, and Tahiti to meet the people of the South Pacific Ocean. What a
0: terrible... What a terrible research expedition they went on.
4: I know, right? And learn about the culture there. At first, they had planned to make the film entirely about Maui, but their initial research trips actually inspired them to pitch a new idea focused on the young daughter of a chief. And they they went on multiple trips, and they ended up going to Hawaii and a bunch of other places, all in that. Um, South Pacific area, they were fascinated to learn during their research that the people of Polynesia abruptly stopped making long-distance voyages about 3,000 years ago. Then they resumed voyaging again 1,000 years later, and no one really knows why. Even the people who live down there don't know why, and I've watched the special features on Moana where they talk to the people in Polynesia and the they talk about the um, Pacific oceanic story trust that they put together and they don't really have any reasons as to why that happened because it's not documented anywhere. So they set the film at the end of that era, about two thousand years ago from right now, on a fictional island in the Central Pacific Ocean and they drew elements for Mata Nui from Fiji, Samoa and Tonga Islands. Now, Clements and Musker recruited experts from the South Pacific to form an Oceanic Story Trust, and they would give them feedback and information about pretty much everything. They wanted the film to be culturally accurate or as accurate as they could possibly make it. They, of course, had to Disney-fy some stuff, and they wanted it to be sensitive to the culture. Um, The trust did respond negatively, for example, to a depiction of Maui being bald at first and to a proposed scene in which Moana threw a tantrum by throwing coconuts. And the reason for the coconuts is because the coconuts are seen as a sacred thing on the islands it's because they use every piece of the coconut for clothing and for their fishing nets and for everything that if Moana was to do something like that, it would be disrespectful to the entire culture and no child in their right mind in the Pacific islands would ever do something like that. Mm. So they took stuff out. They took things like that out. Now the character of Maui we're going to get into more later, but, They still designed him in a way that the story trust wasn't 100% happy with him, but they did it for storytelling purposes. Uh, So we'll get into that later. But the first draft actually focused on Moana as the sole daughter in a family with five or six brothers, in which gender played into the story. However, the brothers and the gender based theme were deleted from the story because they wanted Moana's journey to be just about her finding herself. And so that's how that evolved. And then there was a draft with Moana's father as the one who wanted to resume navigation, but it was rewritten to have him oppose navigation so that he wouldn't overshadow Moana. And we'll get into Moana's name later. I was going to say what it means right now, but I'm not, because that's later. Okay, one of the reasons for using computer animation was for the actual environment, specifically the ocean, because Mm -hmm. the CGI allowed them to do so much more with the ocean than traditional animation would. And since... The ocean in Polynesian culture is seemed to be an entity of itself. It's its its own being. The ocean knows what you're thinking. It knows what you're feeling. The ocean is a part of these people. It had to be its own character, which I think they did really, really oh, well. Oh, they
0: but. did fantastically. It, the ocean reminds me of uh, the flying carpet.
4: Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. From
0: Aladdin, yeah.
4: Yeah. Now, Eric Goldberg worked on the hand-drawn animation for uh, Maui's tattoos, Mm -hmm. and that's the only part of the film that is done in 2D animation. Now, during early development, the filmmakers considered making the film with traditional hand-drawn animation, but a few early animation tests were made in that style, and the tattoos were the only thing that stuck, and this ended up being the first CGI film for this directing duo everything else they've done has been 2d Hmm. now as we talked about when we did Zootopia Moana was made in makeshift quarters in a warehouse in North Hollywood because the Burbank studios were being redone so they were made in. Moana was made at the same time as Zootopia uh and um uh Musker actually said that it was similar to when they made The Little Mermaid because Little Mermaid was made in a warehouse in Glendale because the studios were being worked on at the same time.
0: Oh, well, that's some nice symmetry.
4: <laughs> now, you remember when I, I've been talking about hair for a while, mm-hmm. like since Frozen, and like we're going to talk about it when we get to Moana because yes. there's all this hair stuff. The hair in Moana is so amazing. It's so amazing. And it's because they developed a new program called Quicksilver. Because for this movie, the hair had to react to wind, action, and water sequences. And they couldn't do that with the technology that they had. So they had to build off of what had been done with hair in Big Zero Six, Big Zero Six, Big Hero Six, and Zootopia in order to create this program for the hair that would be used in Moana. And
0: it's awesome. It is. is That's one of the things I noticed watching this is the water effects are amazing and the hair is is phenomenal.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Now, the film received two Academy Award nominations for the 89th uh, Academy Awards Best Animated Feature, but Zootopia won and Best Original Song for How Far I'll Go and City of Stars from La La Land won that. And then they got the same nominations for the Golden Globes and the same results were at the Golden Globes too. So Zootopia won for the Academy Awards and Golden Globes and City of Stars won for Academy Awards and Golden Globes. Now,
0: you know I love Zootopia. You know I really enjoyed Zootopia, especially Mr. Big. Mm -hmm. But I got to say, just from a strictly technical movie-making standpoint, I feel like Moana should have won.
4: I think Moana should have won as well. I am in that camp. I love Zootopia, but I do think Moana should have won. Aaron, how do you feel?
5: I was rooting for Moana. Um, Zootopia was a good movie, but definitely Moana was my favorite. So, I was rooting for Moana, but mostly because I liked it better than Zootopia.
4: Yeah, I had a hard time with Best Original Song because I actually really do like La La Land and I like the music. But City of Stars is not my favorite of the songs from La La Land. So I was like more on the Moana camp. But.
5: And how far I go is, is one of those type of Disney songs that it goes down, you know, kind of next to a whole new world as far as uh, one of those Disney anthems that you think will stick. You know, mm. I think that's, that's going to be one of those songs that people are going to remember.
4: Yeah, you know, and I liken it to Ariel's song, which name is escaping me at the like moment. Part of your world? Yeah, part yeah. of your world. That's I I liken it to that one or to uh oh gosh.
5: It kinda of reminds me of I can go I'm the thinking, distance, but Yeah, I can go the <laughs> distance.
4: Also Belle's song uh that she does. You know, I can't remember. My brain's just not working. Wait, now. which bell um, song?
0: There's something sweet and almost kind?
4: No, not something there. The one that she sings bonjour. at the beginning. Bonjour.
5: Bonjour. Bonjour. The little town. In a yeah, quiet I guess maybe finish. that
4: one because it's the one where she goes up on the hilltop and she's singing like sound of music it's, kind mm-hmm.
5: of. Right. It's like the reprise of that one, I think.
4: Yeah. So Moana was released by Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment on Blu-ray, 2D, and 3D, and DVD in the United States on March 7th, 2017, with a digital release on February 21st, 2017. The release includes the short film that came before it called Inner Workings, which I adored. The Blu-ray release also introduces a short film featuring Maui and Moana titled Gone Fishing, and that's so funny. So funny. And it's also on the digital release. You can get it there. The film is also available for streaming right now on Netflix.
0: Which is how
5: I watched it.
4: It's not a bad way to watch it.
5: mm All well, right, let's get it. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just gonna say it's on constant rotation in my home. So it's <laughs> Netflix, the digital version that we bought. It's it's constantly on.
0: Well, my little niece has been loving it as well. Apparently it's been on rotation there and She dressed up as Moana for Halloween, so bless her heart. All right. Fun fact time.
3: Fun facts. woo Say it proud and geek out
4: loud. It's fun facts. All right. Okay, so Moana is Disney's 12th
0: princess? All right. Name them. Mm, But not. Okay. Name them.
4: Okay, well, I have this whole thing for us to discuss this. Okay. Okay, so here are the current 11 Disney princesses. Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Tiana, Rapunzel, Mulan, Pocahontas, and Merida. Mm -hmm. Those are the 11. Okay. Okay, notice there's no Anna and Elsa on that list. There's no Moana on that list. There's no Elena of Avalor or Princess Sophia. They're not on that list.
0: Why are they not on that list?
4: Well, I asked my trusted Disney friends that work for the Disney company and for the Disney store. The Disney princess list has nothing to do with the films. It has to do with marketing and toys and
3: Mm -hmm. outfits
4: and crap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so the current 11 are put together in the packaging of Disney princesses. Mm -hmm. While characters are their own franchise and can hold their own without being lumped in with the rest of them, and they're still making money, they are not inducted into the Disney princess family. So, Anna and Elsa still make a buttload of money, so they're going to be on their own until whenever. Whenever. And Moana is still making a ton of money, so she hasn't been officially inducted either.
0: All right. So, okay, but let me, let me, I, I want to give a shout out to Disney here. <clears throat> There's a thing in the wrestling business called a rub. And a rub is when you have someone who's super popular and can stand on their own, uh, have a match, or team up with someone who they want to be a little bit more popular. I, I would be using Anna and Elsa to really popularize some of the some of the Disney princesses who may be waning a bit in popularity, i.e. your Snow White, i.e. maybe to an extent even Aurora, you know. Um, those, I would
4: say Aurora more than Snow White. Really?
0: Well, so you know, I mean, give them the rub, give them the rub, and have them be Disney princesses.
4: Well, there's this whole theory that the Disney princesses are unaware of each other. That's why in a lot of pictures you see they're not looking at each other
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
4: because they're in their own each individual world. They don't interact with each other, so they don't know about each other's existence until Wreck-It Ralph 2 (laughs) comes out, and that blows that out of the water completely. But – I was also curious, okay. So what's the criteria for becoming a Disney princess because we let have me, our Vanellope von Schweetz. Uh, we have our Megara. We right. have Right, let me
0: let me give let me real quick. Let me call time out. Didn't they officially induct Vanellope von Schweetz into the princesses at D23?
4: That's ha- well. <laughs> did they or didn't they? Does it count when it's at a convention?
5: Well, didn't they have it's the same A similar thing with uh, Al- Elena. Didn't she have like an official ad- induction at one of the parks? She, didn't, yeah. she
4: did not have a coronation at the parks, I don't believe. Uh, it. oh. no. So it's okay. at the parks. The last official coronation at the parks I can think of was Merida. Because I remember that. Very vividly.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. look, I gotta say something here. I, I really love and appreciate Disney. I do. But there are some things they do sometimes. I'm like, this makes no sense to me. <laughs> the, the, there's this some of you people that are in, immersed in this Disney culture so deeply like they're just things you I, I automatically understand that I just don't get for example if they're a princess they're a princess why are they going to have a coronation of the park I understand it's a fun event and it's a big event and everything but Moana is a Disney princess I'm sorry
4: I agree with you I'm Anna
0: just... and Elsa are Disney princesses
4: are they though? Would Elsa count? Cause she's a queen.
0: But she was a princess first.
4: <laughs> well, wouldn't Meg become a princess because she marries Hercules?
5: So and why is be...
4: Mulan a princess? Mulan not It didn't marry into anything. That's where we get into the criteria.
5: Act of heroism. Well, quick. Yes. Can I say it real quick? Yes. I think this is very much a difference between the way they sell product and then how people view them if they're a princess or not because obviously some of these things some of these characters are disney princesses even if they've officially been inducted or not they're still a disney princess well i don't but think it... anyone's gonna say that Anna or elsa are not disney princesses but i would just did a quick google search and elena had did have an official induction i there's a oh. whole youtube video of it Oh, so.
4: but that's not a coronation. She had okay. an induction into her interest. The reason she had to have an entrance into the parks is because she meets at Princess Fairytale Hall. Because. So they, whenever they bring someone in who's going to meet at Princess Fairytale Hall, they get the thing down Main Street. Merida never got that. Or Merida. Moana never got that. Moana got a small stint at Hollywood Studios for – she's in the area or was in the area where they put the current movie. So she was moved out for Guardians of the Galaxy. And then she's disappeared. She was rumored to be coming back out to meet in Adventureland. But the only time she has appeared in Adventureland has been for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. So she hasn't even officially had, since she doesn't have an official spot to meet and greet, she's never had an induction to the park.
5: Okay. So there's a difference between induction into the park and a coronation, coronation as a princess. Correct. Wow, this is this is some deep stuff. See? See what I'm I, saying? Yeah, I'm I'm siding with you on this, Steve. This is getting deeper than I I cared to think I I, I don't even know if I cared to know this stuff.
0: And if and, <laughs> and here's the other thing that if if you want to do this business-wise and make the sales and and it be a marketing thing, then all these princesses, you need to capitalize you, you strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. So, you know, Moana, even though she's going to be a chief, she's a Disney Princess. Let her be a Disney princess. same thing with uh Anna and Elsa. I mean there's nothing wrong with them be and and the fact that they're so popular pumps up that Disney Princess line even more
4: I mean I don't disagree with you
0: i'm not I don't know why I'm so passionate about it if I'm just being real right now, <laughs> but it just really it's just one of those things that kind of irks me I'm like I just it, it's it, I don't understand the the decisions behind marketing sometimes when it seems like it would be um a no-brainer to do certain things, and and they and they still don't.
5: I think they're, they're right. probably seeing it as brands, you know. So yeah, they, mm-hmm. brand. the Disney Princesses, the eleven is that they have been marketing, is a brand, and Anna and Elsa stand alone as their own brand right now, and so they can make a ton of money on both brands and sure. keep it separate. So well, as right. a company, they're 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 actually diversifying more because they have multiple brands and not putting it all in one boat. All
0: right. That
4: well makes... and you can tell the you can tell the difference on packaging because the Disney princess packaging is pink and the frozen packaging is ice colored which mm-hmm. is like a frosty blue. And then Moana's packaging has trees and waves on it.
0: hmm Well but my thing is it's like you can do you can still have on and else in their frozen brand and Moana in her Polynesian brand but then have, you know, like the, look, and this is just coming from straight up Star Wars marketing stuff, you know, but then you, you're, you, you, you're can, looking for a team up. You can, yeah, you combine the brands <laughs> and it's like Moana in a Disney princess package. You're going to tell me serious collectors aren't going to go after that kind of stuff,
5: but they will make they a big deal out of it. Cause eventually princess, the, the eventually Anna and Elsa will wane in popularity and then they're gonna make a big deal about inducting them or making them have their coronation, and then they'll it'll rise their popularity again, and they'll do the mm. same thing to to Moana eventually. So it's it's I mean Disney's smart. There's this is a pretty good strategy yeah. if you think about it.
0: Well, you just okay. You know what? I totally accept what you just said, Aaron. I totally accept that, and that makes sense. What I don't accept though is this coronation versus, versus induction stuff. <laughs> That's still just. It's ridiculous. Okay, so
4: really quickly, just here's the criteria for everybody who either cares or doesn't care. You have to meet all three of these specific criteria. So you need to be have a primary role in an animated Disney movie. So Elena Vavlor, and Valour and Sofia are out. You have to be human. So you can't be Nala or Kida or somebody else. Uh, and you have to not primarily star in a sequel i.e you can't be introduced Mm -hmm. in a sequel film okay fine next you have to meet one of the following criteria so you have to meet all three of those and then you have to either be born royal marry royal or perform an act of heroism which is how this is what they call the mulan rule so here's my thing okay primary role in an animated disney movie meg okay, she's human.
3: Mm-hmm. She didn't
4: get introduced in a sequel mm-hmm. and she does marry Hercules and she does perform an act of heroism and sacrifices herself so that Hercules can go and do what he needs to do. Why is she not a princess? I have an issue with Meg. She meets all of these things.
5: <laughs> is I'd it... love to see Meg as a princess. I, I, she's one of my favorite uh, characters in, in the Disney movies. I don't think she's popular in general. Like Most people in general aren't aware of her as a character, so that's Probably why she hasn't made the list. Hmm. She's not gonna sell a bunch of t shirts.
0: What about the gypsy princess Esmeralda? Is not that Esmeralda? her name? Esmeralda. hmm
4: I don't know if she she doesn't marry anybody. She's not born royal. I don't know if she performs an act of heroism though. Mm-hmm. You know? Does she not? I don't think she really does. I okay. don't think what she does counts.
5: <laughs> Alright. Yeah, she's but not really d- the hero of that story.
4: Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Well, let's move on. More fun facts. So Taka was referred to in early drafts of the, of the film as Te a reference to the Maori goddess, some really long Polynesian name I can't say, who was originally the life-giving goddess of another Polynesian word I, I can't say. Um, maybe it. I don't know what that is, guys. I'm Somebody sorry. try it. I'm
5: sorry. Ti, titama.
4: Sure. Okay. Yeah. But became the goddess of death upon discovering that her husband, the god Tane, was also her father. Oh. Mm. Maui set out to defeat her in order to bring immortality to humans, but failed and was himself killed. So, this is the original mythology of Taka.
0: Well, so we can't do that story.
4: <laughs> no. So, during a Disney the movie. During the 2015 D23 Expo panel for the Disney slate of upcoming animated films, Moana's last name was given as Wyaliki, but that name was not retained for the final film. It actually upset a lot of people uh, in the Polynesian culture because of lettering and some other things that I read. I couldn't, didn't really understand it, so I didn't toss it in here. Okay. Um, Aaron and Jordan Kendall... They're twin screenwriters and journalists. They came onto the project kind of late, but it was a critical period, and they actually helped deepen the emotional story architecture of the film. They are credited with developing the relationship between Moana and Maui, the prologue, uh, the cave of the Wayfinders, the Kakamora, and Tamatoa, the crab. But Jared Bush received sole credit as the writer of the final version of the screenplay.
5: Sounds mm-hmm. like they've brought a lot of cool stuff to the table. <laughs>
4: yes. Now, the scene in which Maui and Moana encounter the Kakamora is intentionally t- meant to be an homage to Mad Max Fury Road.
0: That's what I was thinking when I
4: was watching it. <laughs> I've never seen that, but Cool. Now, the design of Moana's face and her personality were actually already complete when Ali'i Cravalho was um, cast, so resemblances between her and her character was a coincidence. However, the animators were able to integrate some of her mannerisms into Moana's behavior for the on-screen depiction of Moana. Cool. Now, the majority of the film's cast members are of Polynesian descent. Ali'i Cravalho and Nicole Scherzinger um, who's Moana's mother? When were born in Hawaii and are of Native Hawaiian heritage. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is an Oscar Knightley, who's a fisherman, and Troy Palamalu, who's villager number one, are of Samoan heritage. And New Zealand-born Rachel House, who plays Tala, Moana's grandmother, and Tamora Morrison, who plays Tui, Moana's father. Yeah, Tamura Morrison. Yeah, and Jermaine Clement, who's Tom. Tamatoa are of Maori heritage and they did that intentionally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Moana is Clements and Musker's first fully computer animated film I said that earlier and Moana in a lot of Polynesian languages actually means ocean and it is oh. a gender neutral name. Oh. The effects team built an entirely new system called Splash for Moana that would allow them to animate the water And about 80% of Moana has special effects. For comparison, only 46% of Big Hero 6 has special effects. Wow. The ocean is a character in this film because of the way the ocean is seen in island culture. I said that earlier. And Lin-Manuel Miranda was recruited for his work um, from the Broadway musical called The The Heights. Mm -hmm. And it was actually pre- his family, his Hamilton fame. So right. he was recru- recruited before all of that, and then of course Hamilton happened, and you know everything since. And we have him working on the live action Little Mermaid, as well as the new Mary Poppins that's coming out, and he's actually in that movie. He oh, won.
5: Wow. That's awesome that they that, it's just fortunate that they got him before his fame hit. Yeah. Because that's such a big, yeah. and that's part of the draw to this movie is the fact that he was involved. So that's cool. Right.
4: He actually won a dance contest down in the islands on one of their research trips. And you can see that in your special features. It's freaking awesome. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) And the first song written for the film was actually We Know the Way. And it was written while he and Opatia and um, Mark Mancino were down on the islands doing research. Okay. So there are some Easter eggs. Did you guys catch these?
5: Did not catch any Easter eggs. Erin. Um, I, I feel like maybe I did see flounder, but I'm gonna, ha- I'm not sure.
4: Okay, so flounder is in the when Maui's singing, you're welcome. There's a bunch of fish in the background, and he is one of them. Okay. Uh, Olaf is in the film, but he's in the film as a puddle with his nose laying on one of Moana's baskets. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Uh let's see. Maui actually transforms into Sven.
5: Oh, I definitely caught that. I remember that.
4: Let's see. Wreck it Ralph is seen in the credits because Wreck It Ralph is currently being made. Um one of the Kakamura looks like Baymax. The face of it has Baymax's face.
5: Oh right. It's painted to look like Baymax's face.
0: Is I he the one that. is he the one that shoots um the chief with the, uh, with the darts.
4: No, he's like in the crowd. Okay. And then Flash from Zootopia is actually in the realm of Tamatoa. No, who was? So he's. There's this the character sloth? that you see. Who was see the, who that,
0: is Flash? The sloth.
4: He yeah, the sloth. There's a character that you see in in the realm that is a like hot pink purple face. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Flash's face, it's like an a crude like outline of his face and even of his teeth. Like it's this whole
0: Oh nice
4: thing of Flash. It's pretty cool. So that's it. That's all. All right. That's all I got. I'm sure there's more, but that's it. <laughs>
0: well let's get in this. Now, Aaron, we're glad to have you with us. Tell us about your you know, you mentioned that this is on rotation at your house right now. Have you gotten tired of it yet? Um, what do you love about this movie what what, is, what tears you up about this movie on a regular basis?
5: <laughs> uh, there's a ton about this movie that I love i I think the music really stands out to me it 's something that uh, seeing the previews for the movie and um, you know kind of preparing I, I like to try to see all the Disney movies as they come out in theaters, so kind of being prepared to watch this one. the music wasn 't something I expected that I was going to be that into, but right away, as soon as I left that movie, i just I loved the music so mm-hmm. much um and it's, it's really stand out but just the characters the story there's really a not really much about this movie that i could say negatively it's just they did such a good job with it all around and i'm sure we'll kind of talk about the different things as they come along but um yeah just it's just a really great disney movie and i i know like i had said it was my favorite and currently i think it is my favorite disney movie and people are like, oh, that's just only because it's the latest one. But really I don't think that's the case because I have right. probably seen this movie at least fifty times now and I'm still not tired of it. hmm Um because it's just so well made.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I and I think if if you told someone that and they say, Well, it's just cause it's the latest, they don't know you very well. Because that's kind <laughs> of a that's kind of a cruddy thing to say to somebody. So, like, well it's just cause it's the latest. No, it's not. It's because I know my taste and I know what I like and I know that I like this better than any. I mean, that's like when all the Star Wars movies came out. I never. I wasn't on each subsequent one saying, "Oh, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite." You know. I also wasn't like, "This is my least favorite one." It's like, I can figure it out on my own. You jerks. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Teresa, how uh, how did the interviews go when they were adapting your personality for Moana?
4: Well, they were long and arduous, mm-hmm. and I wish that you know they would have chosen to use my voice, mm-hmm. but they chose not to. Yeah. Well, so... they definitely
0: they definitely captured your personality. Because <laughs> let me tell you something: when she's dealing with, uh, I, well, just everything she does just trips me out. And there were so many times I'm like, "That's Teresa, that's Teresa," especially when she starts dealing with Maui for the first time. I'm like, "Well, that's Teresa," just little yep. little Spitfire doing her yeah. thing.
4: I love this movie, and I think I've said it a couple of times on the show, but this is my number one favorite Disney movie. And it edged out Lion King and it edged out Little Mermaid, which have huge nostalgic value for me. But I think it's because I've been waiting pretty much my entire life for a Disney movie to come out that captured me from the moment it started. I could see myself in a character, and it had me until the end to where I was listening to the soundtrack on repeat for weeks Mm -hmm. and I went to see it you know multiple times within one weekend and this was that movie for me it was like a return to what Little Mermaid was for me when I was little like really little and but I finally got a character that I could see myself in and I'm not of Polynesian descent but there was something about her that I'm like that is me everything it's, about her is me and it, like even the way she talks yes and the way like it's i'm just like
0: Dah! no that's that was everything this could have been any other character i've been like well that's teresa just in her based on her personality alone i'm like okay well teresa stars in this movie as moana this is moana starring teresa delgado <laughs> <laughs> and and you haven't even said anything like that i know that you love this movie but, like, you have not gone into depth about seeing yourself in this character and everything. And, and just watching, I was like, oh, my, no wonder Chris, No wonder Teresa likes this movie so much. Because yeah, this is absolutely her.
4: I mean, her whole journey is all about her trying to figure herself out and what her purpose is. And I feel like I've been doing that my entire life. And there's even another thing. I, and you can ask my mom, and, like, I am obsessed with water. And I love the ocean, and I went to the ocean every – to the beach, like, every summer uh, my whole life, like, growing up, and they they would have to drag me away to, like, go inside. I was so tan, I looked like I was (laughs) African-American in the summer because I was there. I mean, the sand, I built – I would just – just everything – And I love sea creatures. They're my favorites. And I love, you know, shells. I collected shells. I actually have a collection of shells from Florida. I mean, everything about the ocean. And if I could live on the ocean, I would live on the ocean. You know, it's just, I love it so much. And I feel like if I had the chance to be the defender of the ocean and to bring back life to my island and all that stuff, I would totally do it. Even if I didn't know how to sail a boat, I would figure it out. You'd, I'd learn how to be a wayfinder. Uh you know. I even I put my hair up like Moana does. I, you know, feisty pants. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd really want Hey Hey as my companion. I'm more of a Pua person. Well. Um. But Pua was a chicken after that one time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey Hey's a chicken, so it all works so. out.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's just so much about just the character of Moana that I love, just absolutely love. And the opening sequence to this movie where her grandmother is telling all of these stories. Yes. There's also another Easter egg in there. There's a character on one of the tapestries that looks like Marshmallow from Frozen. Oh, nice. Um This whole sequence is just amazing. I love that telling of, like, the the lore of the culture and all of that. And then not to mention all the little kids start screaming and one of them's like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just so awesome. And then of course, baby Moana's like, peace out y'all. And she starts walking down to the ocean in her little diaper butt. And then she's just looking at the ocean and she does something that I would have done as a little tiny toddler. There's a turtle that needs to make it to the water and there's birds and I would go and, I would do that. Mm-hmm. I would help it. And then I'd get mad when the bird tried to eat it. You know? <laughs> like, I would do all those things. And then I would try to pick up all the shells. Yes. Just like she did.
0: Did I ever tell you about my mom's Sand Dollar Sweatshop she used to run?
4: Uh, no. Okay.
0: Well, I'll tell you about that sometime. My mom's big... Oh, I, we're beach bums at my, in my family. and um, And when my mom... Learned how to go out into the murky waters of off the coast of South Georgia and find shells and sand dollars. It was all over. That became that became a daily thing for us when we were down there. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it it became, it, it became. I feel sand like
4: dollars are hard to find.
0: Well, not for us, my friend. I can teach you. Super easy. Super it could easy. Could be
4: where you were located too.
0: Maybe. Maybe but
4: you have to go like in Florida, you had to go really early and the re and finding whole sand dollars is hard because they're very fragile creatures. Mm -hmm. And so when they wash up, they dry out very quickly and they crack. Mm -hmm. And so getting a full sand dollar is super hard. I found one. Oh,
0: we were hard. How about thousands, Teresa? And I'm not, I am not, I'm not joking and I'm not exaggerating. Like, like 1,500 in a summer. We, we'd, we'd come home with...
4: Were they all dead when you got them?
0: <sighs> <We're>, oh, Steve.
4: <laughs> uh-uh. You we, did not.
0: Sand Dollar Genocide. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, sponsored by my no, family. Oh Yeah. No. Yeah.
4: Yep. That's <sighs> terrible.
0: Yeah, it's true. Why
4: you, would you do that?
0: Because... Because when you take them and bleach them out, they look really pretty on stuff.
4: No, but you, you, you killed an animal. It's a, it's a living creature. It's not a shell. I
0: understand that, Teresa.
4: It's oh my god. That's like taking. That's like taking a, a, a starfish mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
4: keeping it away from water so it dies and mm-hmm. dries out.
0: Right. I understand. Oh my god. I I can't disagree with you, and I can't tell you you're wrong. And I can't tell you that I'm proud of my past, Teresa. It's just, I want to just confess to everyone here that, you know, I have a past in Sand Dollar Genocide. And it haunts me to this very day. And, um.
4: I can't even with you right now.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Aaron,
4: have you done this? Have you killed Sand Dollars?
5: No, I've never killed a Sand Dollar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: He's like, nope.
5: It was, it
0: was, I still have nightmares about their little screams at night. Um.
4: Oh my God, that's so terrible! You know what's bad is when you when you cook a
0: a hermit crab when you
4: cook a lo- a lobster.
0: Mm, Yeah. They like
4: scream.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Well, <laughs>
3: that's terrible.
0: Well, you know, uh, they don't. It's not really screaming. It's just the steam going through their little shells and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why you put the lid on. But anyhow, um. Yeah, we would uh, we'd sand dollar it right up, man. Down at Saint Simon's Island, and we actually went out into the water to harvest them. And um, yeah, yeah.
4: Anyway, back to more. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, did you like the part with her as a baby in the water, and it like made her hair do the little? That things?
0: is, if you recall, back when they were putting out trailers and clips and stuff, that is that is a moment that for whatever reason, really emotionally moved me. I it, it, The water effects in this movie are absolutely stunning. Um, the likes of which I don't think we've seen since The Abyss. And my, my sci-fi fans will know what I'm talking about there. And, um, and And that scene in particular, as the water parts for and she walks out, it's just a, it is, I mean, there's no other word for it. It's beautiful. It is beautiful animation and masterfully done. Um yeah, I I I I loved I like this movie a whole lot. And uh I think the characters are super well executed. I think that you know the, the as I said when we were talking about the, the death article, I think that or no, when we were talking about emails and when we we're in emails and talking about the Renaissance, this new Renaissance, they've learned at Disney how to how to really tell stories in a way that they last with you and and they matter. And that the in this case it was it was the the her people and and you know at one point he even talks about saving the world. You know, the world is in peril uh because the heart of Tefiti hasn't been returned. And um and and, and so this becomes that adventure story as much as it becomes that self discovery story, it becomes you know it's not just the little mermaid, I don't want to live here anymore, you know? That's how it seems to start, you know, her desire to go and be in the ocean and everything and and and, and, and go beyond the reef. That you know, it almost feels like um you know part of your world. But
4: Yeah, but she doesn't want to leave. She just wants to be able to exa- get off the island exa-
0: for two exa- seconds. Well and that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making is it goes beyond just a desire to go be part of someone's world because he's cute and you think the stuff that's up there is interesting. This comes to, I have a, you know, I am drawn, I am called to this. And so she is fulfilling a calling in her life and and a calling that matters. And so, and I think the story of Maui is just outstanding. And I love his tattoo. Um You know, especially the moment when he's sitting on the boat and he tells the story of his parents kind of throwing him away, Mm -hmm. and then it turns out you see the tattoo giving him a little hug and squeezing his little peck. Um, I I just think that these characters are so masterfully handled, you know. And how beautiful when she's sneaking away to take that boat and her mom gives her a pouch of supplies to take with her.
4: That that whole that whole moment. Just completely owned me because her grandmother knows that this is her calling. She was there that day that she found the heart of Tifiti, and like she's been trying to pass it on to her her entire life. And she finally has to. And once her grandmother does, her grandmother passes away, and it's just like she has to do this,
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know. And she. Oh, gosh. Yes, that moment when her mom walks up, I'm just like, oh, man. Yeah. And it's such a mom-daughter thing, you know, that the mom, no words have to be said, but the mom looks at her daughter and understands what her daughter has to do and that she can't get in her way. And she supports her and gives her what she needs to go. It's just beautiful, the whole thing. Yeah, and then where her grandma comes back as a stingray. As a
0: force ghost, oh, and a stingray.
4: But she does kind of force ghost it. Yeah. It's kind
0: of interesting. She's all sparkly blue and glowy. <laughs> what were you gonna say, here?
5: I was just gonna say I, re- I agreed with a lot of what you just said. Um, the water effects were amazing. I, I really liked the parts where there was like this blue glow in the water. Um, you know, I think. They really gave the ocean a personality, and it and it was a character in the movie. but then you have the grandma who comes back as well who who presents herself in the water too, and you have that glowing effect with the that looks like the stingray mm-hmm. and some of that was just like so so well done. It was just it was amazing how it looked. But kind of what you were saying about Moana as a character, I love what they did with her as a character because. Although this movie is very much a Disney movie and it feels like a Disney movie, they did kind of they kind of flip the script on some things that you would typically expect from a Disney movie. And I really like how she was the focus character who was going out on an adventure that had nothing to do with her, you know, like as much as I love Little Mermaid. Yeah, Little Mermaid, a lot of, the, a lot of her motivation was she thought this guy was cute and wanted to get out of the ocean so she could hang out with him. You know, and I like that this was a much bigger bigger stakes you know she was she was going on this adventure to save her world and part of it was driven from her desire to you know to go out on the ocean which was a desire that's kind of built in to her but it wasn't a selfish desire you know she she wanted to actually help her people because there were things that were going wrong mm-hmm. and she she knew that the answer was out beyond you know the reefs and so i, I just thought she was just such a great character um, they did such an awesome job with de- developing her as a character that felt like she had a lot of depth.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not crapping on little mermaid to lift up Moana at all. I, you no. know, the, the thing the thing about little mermaid is, is you're invested in that character in her and in her story. And that's okay with Moana. You end up getting invested because she is invested and you're investing that character. She's invested in the Island and she's invested in her people and so you begin to get invested in all that with her and you know and and you're right there's no real love story that's taking place here there's no there's not the typical uh st- the, the the typical things that happen in some of these uh princess movies like this and but what she does what they also do well and I don't want to cause trouble with what I'm about to say I don't think I will I don't know you know how people are sometimes um when they're fighting the little coconut people and um, the little coconut people are coming at him and she's like, <laughs> oh, they're kind of cute. And then they paint their faces and put on all the helmets and stuff and they go into Mad Max Fury Road mode and they and they launch all those uh, ropes and harpoons at the boat and Maui's running around just pulling them out and she's just tugging on the one and can't get the one out, can't get the one out. And finally she does. She's like, "See, so you got it. Um, you know, it. she's not she's she she's a tiny little thing and so she wasn't able to do everything maui's able to do and and that's where with a lot of times with with some of these strong female characters sometimes they go too far in these action movies where they make them as strong as a six foot six you know muscle-bound meathead of a guy um but she's got so much good going for her and they play her just right everything about her is just right in this movie and and so you're able to because everything else is so believable about this character you're able to get into the fairy tale mode you know the magical mode the mythological mode of she's friends with the ocean mm-hmm. and and the ocean helps her out and does things for her. and so when he uh the sequence where he keeps throwing her off the boat <laughs> and she just keeps showing up is fantastic and then when they do the shake hands thing and he just tosses over the side and she whips up under the bottom and comes right back out. He's like, just had to try, had to try one more time. (laughs) It's just great stuff. Well,
4: And you know, what else is good is you're talking about her being small. They do highlight that, but they highlight some very real things that would actually happen. And again, I'm going back to the hair because this is something that I noticed. I recognized it the first time I saw it. And I said, this is different. She, she Jumps up, or she gets the ocean throws her up, and she starts talking, and like the wind whips, and her hair smacks her in the face, mm-hmm. and it's like, yep, uh, <laughs> that would happen. And she gets her hair in her mouth sometimes, and then when she's getting ready to do to like you know do stuff on the boat, she puts her hair up because every girl's gonna do that,
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, like we're getting ready to do something, we're gonna put our hair up out of the way, you know, so. All of that stuff, I was like, yes, because it was realistic. It wasn't, you know, magic hair that just never got in your way. It was in her way at times. Mm -hmm. And then at times it accented what she was doing, like at the end when she's walking towards Takah and the wind is blowing and the seas have parted and her hair is blowing behind her and it has this beautiful coloring on it and it's just accents like her power that she has right in that moment i mean it's just like yeah. oh.
5: that's the best hands down for me that was the best scene in the entire movie that scene where she is because you have the song that's going mm-hmm. on at that moment and the water's parting and she just basically is like i got this like she she has this moment of clarity where everything's going wrong all around her and maui's not really able to help her and then she just starts walking across the water, you know, like, and it parts and sh- and the song and she's singing to Taka. It's just it was that was the part where we're talking about getting misty eyed like that had an emotional impact on me. Everything was so perfectly done in that scene.
4: Hmm. So, Steve, we need to talk about Maui because <laughs> it's The Rock and I've been waiting to hear you. Get to hear him sing, and then getting mm-hmm. to see him as Maui. And I need to know, how do you feel? How was it?
0: I love him. I love the character. I love that he got to do the people's eyebrow. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's so much about him that you know he, of course, you know the Dwayne Johnson as The Rock uh, in WWE was the guy who would say if someone came, in, you're the you're the people's champion. You're the greatest. You're the most electrifying man and in all the sports entertainment, he'd be like, "Hold up right there. What you mean to say is, I'm the two time people's champion, <laughs> yes, and I does am the that. most electrifying man in all the sports entertainment now, go ahead, start from the top for the rock. you know, I mean, like that type of he got to bring some of that old school rock personality to this, but also the heart of the character, you know, like I say, that moment where they're sitting on the boat and he talks about you know not being born a demigod, that his parents threw him away, they didn't want him and you know, all he's tried to do is just win back their love and respect. And and so, you know, all the heroism that he ever did was for his parents. And that's a very real human thing, you okay. know. Um, and, and as a man, you know, you always want to earn the respect of your father. You're always looking for that approval of of that man and 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 oftentimes you'll even talk to guys who didn't have a good father figure didn't have a father in life but they still for whatever reason want that acknowledgement and want that you know want the approval and respect of of that father in their life and and so you know just like you were saying there's so much about moana that's real and and it's the same thing with with maui and the rock did a great job with the voice acting and stuff. And that character, you know, forget Dwayne Johnson, that character. And I don't know if anyone else could have brought him to life. I don't know, but I will say that the character himself stands so, uh, head and shoulders, you know, right there with other Disney supporting cast characters, uh, in the past to me. Um, I'm not ready to say like, he's my favorite ever, but I, but I'm close. You he's know, like
4: the genie almost from Aladdin. He like is, he I thought about at the same thing. The yes.
0: Genie. I thought the same thing. I was like, he's very much, you know, and, and not just because of the shape shifting and everything, but he's very much reminds me of the genie. I love the moment when he, the first time we see him turn into a whale, <laughs> like after he's, when he gets his shape shifting back under control. And like the whale
4: or the
3: shark?
0: The whale, when he's in the midair and all of a sudden oh. he's a big humpback whale
3: <laughs>
0: and he splashes down like, oh, this ain't going to go well. But uh, no pun intended. Um, but no, when oh, when he's doing when he's half shark, half man, and like he's trying to be all serious and sincere with her, and she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. There's just That's some great big. moments with. I would with make him. that face. Yeah. I would totally make that
4: face. Be like, mm-hmm, <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, come on.
0: <laughs> but I gotta tell you, the person who got the most laughs out of me was Hey Hey.
4: He's pretty great. And but, I love the interaction between Hey Hey and the Ocean and the Ocean's officially sick and tired of Hey Hey. Oh
0: when he just he's throws like, him in the basket. In <laughs> when the ocean just throws him in the basket and sticks him in the
4: <laughs> Well he's so when
0: <laughs> When he realizes he's out on the ocean he just starts screaming. <laughs> and she puts the bowl over his head. She pulls it off and he screams. She, puts it, she says, now calm down. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, he ends up in the water and he's just upside down with his feet sticking out. And she goes and rescues him and then just sticks him down in a little hole and he just starts walking back and forth, bumping into the wall. And then when Maui throws the seeds and stuff out at him, he's just pecking right next to it. And Maui just kind of stops and gives this weird look and just tilts him over to the side so he starts hitting the right place. <laughs> He's like, oh, here's supper. Love. Oh, it. Hey, hey. Good stuff.
4: Hey, hey, is really great. Um, I'm Trying to think. It was also cool to have Tamara Morrison in the movie. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's Django uh, Fett. And that was cool. And you kind of can hear it, but sort of not. Like, you can ho- sort of hear Django, but.
5: Yeah, I could uh, definitely hear Django in the voice. He doesn't do the singing, though, right?
0: No, Christopher uh, Jackson does the no. singing.
5: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I thought
5: Tamura Morrison could sing.
0: Maybe I'm wrong.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think I get him confused with someone else from episode two.
5: He did sing in some interviews from like cons and stuff, mm-hmm. but like Oh yeah, he sang
0: George fun. he sang Georgia on my mind for Riley and Bethany, didn't he? Right, yeah. Who well who was the host? Oh my lantern this is gonna really bug me now. Who's the, uh, who's Padme's top dog captain in episode two? Panaka? No, that's episode one. Banaka? Oh. Um, Typho, Captain Typho.
4: Oh, Typho.
0: Uh, unfortunate name. Jay Lagaya is who I'm thinking of. He was at, I guess it was Celebration Five, where he was like on stage singing and everything. I think he did it at Celebration Three as well, and Mm. uh, doing his little ukulele stuff, so. Yeah, okay. my
5: kids watch the the kid show The Wiggles. Mm-hmm. And Jay LaGaya has been in the Wiggles. Oh nice. So I've seen him sing children's songs. Okay.
0: So I get sometimes I get him and Tam Morrison confused. But I know Tam was Django. That never escapes me, but sometimes I get what they've done in out in public confused. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe Tam can't sing good enough to have done to singing voice.
3: But,
4: so <clears throat> We need to talk about the moment when Moana has that collapse almost. They go to fight Taka, and Maui gets his hook almost broken, and he gets angry, and he leaves, and he takes off. And then the, when it's when her grandmother comes back, and she has this moment where she tells the ocean, find somebody else, like, I can't do this. And the ocean takes the heart of Te Fiti away, and her grandma comes. And this is when we have the I Am Moana song. And that moment to me brought me to tears like a swell of emotion in me that moment not so much when she gives the heart back to toka slash tofiti. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the moment that she tries to give up and then realizes that this is this is more than what she thought it was that it's it's her. It's not her and Maui. it's her. And she goes down and she gets it and she, has this moment of resolve. I mean, did that hit anybody else cuz it hit me and every time I watched it. Oh yeah.
5: That's like, yeah. Well, the scene that I was talking about that was my hands down favorite scene that I'll I'll stick with that, but this is very right in that same realm. Like this and it's it happens very close together, so I almost see it as kind of this whole sequence, mm-hmm. but yeah, that whole part as well. Yeah, it was just the realization that she came to and just the emotion that was surrounding it, and the return of her grandmother. Um, and just that in the music in that moment too, when she does that triumphant, like I am Moana, mm-hmm. it's like, you can't help but get like crazy goosebumps because it's just, it's such a good part of the movie. So yeah, I did. It, that hit me too.
0: Well, it's the hero's journey. It's that moment of acceptance on the hero's journey, isn't it? You know, it, it's that moment where when all is lost, the hero finally rises and accepts the hero's call in this case accepts her calling and um and and becomes determined to do what the hero is set out to do even though they've been through all the labyrinth and all of the abyss and everything else they've gone through now now comes the decisive moment where the hero steps up and um, you know and that's what that's what that moment is all about and uh, so yeah it, i mean it, it is definitely effective and powerful as it needs to be
3: i am the daughter the village chief. We are descended from voyagers who found their way across the world. They call me. I've delivered us to where we are. I have journeyed farther. I am everything I've learned and more. Still it comes.
0: I mean, that's a circle
4: of
5: life moment right there, guys.
4: Yep, it's music because I'm crying.
5: <laughs> <laughs> chills, still, chills. I've heard that song so many times, it still get chills. So
0: good, so good. Uh, I can't wait I'm to trying. sing some of these songs with my little niece, by the way.
4: Oh, man, that was well played. There you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, there you go. I
5: love that they stuck with the the idea that Moana is the hero of this story. Yes, because when you introduce a character like Maui and he's this heroic demigod, and that there could have been a temptation to kind of have him be a central part of how you know how things are resolved, but I love the fact that he he does leave her. You know, he and not that he was being a coward, but he just he was defeated, and he and he left her on her own, and she then has this moment in, in this triumphant moment and kind of takes ownership of the fact that no, she can do this on her own. And he ends up coming back and helping her. But I love that they, they stuck with the fact that she was that central hero.
0: Well, they were both defeated in that moment. You know, they, that's the thing is they were both defeated and they both dealt with it in their own way. He left and she gave up the, she gave up the, uh, the, the calling. Right. Yeah. She's like, I, oh, this isn't for me. You got to find someone else. So they both kind of gave up in their own way. She comes back a little bit sooner and then he comes in. What I also like though is even though they didn't make him the central hero of the story, they didn't uh water him down, no pun intended. You know, they didn't make him overly weak either. They he still maintained his character and, and the strength of his character and you know, he never and he never came off as an idiot. So these were two very well learned and like he knew how to sell. He has to teach her how to sell. He's got a, you know, a lot of times the temptation is to make in these cartoon type situations to make one, you know, penny and the other one inspector gadget, so to speak. You know, just no clue as to what's going on, but they both play off each other. So it's a fantastic relationship they have. They play off each other so well. well He
4: has a journey himself. Yes. yes. He has to figure Mm -hmm. out What he's done, and to fix it, and what he can do, and he finally is going to sacrifice losing his hook, you know, Mm -hmm. because he knows it's the right thing to do. It's it's just really, gosh darn amazing.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It is crazy because you never think that the as they continue to make more and more of these Disney movies, and you're like, oh, they can't top you know something that's come before, but really, this movie came out and. Suddenly, I had some of my favorite songs, mm-hmm. favorite characters, even just the team up of Moana and Maui rivals any Disney, you know, duo that's out there. Um, the, the the people they cast in this movie, it was just like somehow they still, after making 55 other movies before this one, came up with something that was so original and so well done that suddenly, I you know, a lot of my favorite stuff and all of Disney is in this
0: movie. Mm-hmm. Well, let's. Uh, you mentioned the songs. Um, do you have a favorite song, Erin?
4: Uh, hmm. Well, really quick, can I ask a question? Sure. Did y'all see the end coming that Takah was Tafiti? Because I didn't the first time. I was like, oh.
0: No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming either. When she gets on that little island out in the middle of everything, I'm like, what is going on here? And I was thinking, oh, it's under the ocean she's going to have to clear the ocean out of the way and raise it back up. And then she turns around and sees the chest. I'm like,
5: oh. <laughs> I didn't see it coming in uh, until they kind of started to, they started to um, indicate it with certain things they were showing, but just right before they revealed it. So
4: mm-hmm.
5: you see the island. I think you see kind of the shape of her the, a little bit spiral. in the island. And
4: you see that, the spiral.
5: And you, Yeah, and that kind of tips the while. Oh,
0: yeah. Look at that. I didn't think about that. You do.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: But no, yeah, it took me by surprise too. Great, I mean, it's yeah, so cool to have this like
4: emotional because you really didn't know,
5: and you like, start to feel bad because you're stop. like, oh, this is the
4: so favorite song. Let's see, uh, I actually, <laughs> what happened?
0: We just kind of cut Aaron off mid
5: sentence there.
4: Did I? Yeah. Oh, it's I because it, it cut out on my side. I think. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
5: Hello. Oh no! All I was saying was that. You you have a character this that is kind of the main villain, and then suddenly you feel bad for them, because you're like, oh, this is a character that mm-hmm. we didn't realize we were just misunderstanding why she's so upset, you know, and so that was that was kind of a nice little a little twist at the end too. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly.
0: So Aaron or Teresa, go ahead. Favorite song.
4: My I love how far I'll go, but. I think my favorite song is actually We Know the Way.
0: Okay. Aaron?
5: Yeah. I, um, I love, I think I love every song in this movie, which is unique to this movie because most Disney movies, even the ones that I really love the soundtrack, there's always that one song that stands out that I don't like at all.
3: Hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, there really isn't one like that. Um, but I think I'm going to have to agree with Teresa on this one. Yeah. We know the way is is a really really awesome song.
0: I, I tell you one of the things I've discovered with uh, with Disney Vault Talk, been doing this, thanks to this movie and Lilo and Stitch, I really like uh, Polynesian like music, the style, you know, like the like that like when they're singing in their Polynesian language and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the rhythms and and the harmonies that they break into, I just I dig. So, I really like this whole soundtrack, and the music was really good as well. Um, let's see. So, uh, let's play a few. How about that?
4: Well, there's several. We, we There's ones we have to play.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And then there's a few instrumentals I really just want to play.
0: Okay. <laughs> a little bit Well, of. do you know what those are?
4: Should we just start from the beginning?
0: Okay.
4: <laughs> okay, so the opening song.
0: Mm-hmm. You mean, how do you, you print
4: pronounce- too, it? Too low, something. That one? me,
3: this
0: song is the ocean's theme song. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh t- I'm sorry. Tag Tagalua. Te- Tagalua. I feel like if I weren't Harry, I would be a, a Samoan. I'd be a Polynesian individual. I feel a kin. <laughs> I feel a kinship with those from the Isle of Samoa. I really do. I, they're big old boys like me, and mm-hmm. you know, I just always and. And like I say, the more I hear their music, the more I like it, the more I dig it.
4: So then the next big song is Where You Are. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Where You Are. Where You Are.
4: This is the first one. This is the one where her dad is trying to tell her, like, who she is and why she has to be here and why she has to stay on the island.
1: make way, make way Moana, it's time you knew The village of Motunui is all you need The dancers are practicing, they dance to an ancient song Who needs a new song to show ones. all we need This tradition is our mission, and Moana, there's so much do to do Don't trip on the terror route, that's, that's all you need Everything we make, we talk and we weave our baskets. The fishermen come back from the sea. Don't walk away, more on the ground now. Our people will need a chief, and there you are. There comes a day when you're going to look around and realize happiness is where you are. Consider the coconut. The what? what?
0: You talking about Teresa, the coconut Teresa? I don't
4: know
5: that's a really fun song. that's a uh, that song specifically is kind of I think of it as my daughter's song because my daughter my daughter, for one thing, doesn't so for anyone that hasn't doesn't know anything about my family, um, my daughter is eight years old, but she's completely nonverbal, and she has she's autistic and has Down syndrome. So she there's a she doesn't respond to a lot of entertainment. So it's hard to get her to sit down and focus on a movie. But for whatever reason, Moana is one of those things that she will actually sit down and focus on. She loves the music from the movie. Um but this song in particular because her name is Lana, which is also a Hawaiian name. And so whenever the song starts out it's all, we always kind of sing it as oh instead of Moana, we sing oh Lana. And then we sing the song with her. So Oh. So it kinda has a meaning to me, but Aww. but um yeah, it's a that's a really fun song.
0: Well you just tugged all my little heart strings.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: Aaron, I think we know that you might need to go, so why don't we play We Know the Way and then we'll kinda cue you out so that people know where to find you and stuff.
0: All right. Here we go. <laughs> Good stuff.
4: Uh, I love Lin Manuel Miranda. God, that's him singing that part. So, so
5: and the way good. they introduce that song too, where she goes into the cave hmm. and like finds all the boats, and then there's the drums there, and like in the, the and she hits the drums, and then like the flames come up and stuff. It's just it's so awesome.
0: Well, Aaron, we hate we hate to have to go. Um, before you go, tell everyone where they can find you online and such as.
5: Um, yeah, sorry guys, I do. Sorry, I have to drop out early, but I, and I hate to miss the rest of this conversation because it's this is a movie that I love so much. But um, yeah, so you can find me on online on Twitter at Av Goins, um, and then obviously the podcast that I do with Teresa Star Wars Bookworms. Um, you guys can check that out as well if you're into Star Wars literature. And I won't list anything else. That's enough. But um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting me on, guys. And well, thanks for coming fun. on, man. This is a, a great movie for me to come on and talk about, so I really appreciate it. Yes,
0: sir. Thank you, Aaron. We'll see you around, buddy. All right, I'll talk Bye. to you guys later. Have fun on that Bye. half marathon. <laughs> see yeah. you, man. All right, Aaron Goins, he's out. And then there were two.
4: And then there were two. Okay, so let's save. Let's save how far I'll go for the end, because that's like that epic mm-hmm. Disney princess song or right, whatever. Right. Uh. So,
0: let's just jump into that one. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Okay, okay.
1: I see what's happening, yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes, let's begin. Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in. No, it's a lot. The hair, the bod. When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky when you were waddling
0: a high? This guy- oh, Maui.
1: You
4: have to get to the breakdown, though, because mm-hmm. that's
0: amazing. Oh, when he wraps it up? Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: Look at that. Oh, oh, also I so the sun. welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun. Also, I harness the breeze. You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say except you're welcome for the islands I pull from the sea? There's no
0: I got to tell you, I think that's the modern day bare necessities.
4: Mm-hmm. I really do. Good.
0: I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, to me, that song captures that spirit, that fun Disney spirit. You know, it's the, it, it's the bare necessities. It's the You've Got a Friend in Me of, mm-hmm. of the modern day. I don't know that we've had a song like that yet in, in this era of the Renaissance. No, I don't
4: think we have. I think you're right. I do want to note that this song is where they really get into the actual myth of Maui, Mm -hmm. and they tell a lot of the legend and lore of the actual legend and lore of Maui through this story. So the Hawaiian myth is very prominent in the actual creation story of the Hawaiian Islands. And he is seen as being responsible for passing the secret of fire to humans and slinging the sun so that it moves more slowly in the sky, making the days longer. Mm. There's also, there's two, two specific things in the story of Maui that are seen as generally widely accepted across all Polynesian cultures so the first is that he created the islands mm. so how he did this is he actually convinced his brothers because in this, the regular myth he actually has brothers uh, he convinced his brothers to take him on a fishing trip and while they're fishing Maui caught his magical fishhook on the ocean floor and convinced his brothers to paddle harder telling them that he had caught a massive fish and instead he pulled up the ocean floor creating islands. Mm. Hawaii, among many of the others. The second myth that is widely agreed upon is his restraining of the sun and that Maui lassoed the sun with his sister's hair in an effort to help his mother, punishing the sun until it agreed to give the islands long days in the summer and short days in the winter. Oh, look at him. Now, I don't know about the coconut and the eel and the guts. (laughs) That's the one I don't know about.
0: (laughs) Well, um... You know, I, I'm wondering, this is, I, I don't know, like the other islands, especially like in, uh, and this is where I wish our friend Maui Mark was on the yeah, chat right it'd now. Yeah,
4: it would be great if he was here, because he would know. Yeah,
0: I wonder if like Oahu and some of those other names, are they named, because if Maui is was really a demigod in, in Polynesian culture, I wonder if these other islands are named for them as oh, well. Oh yeah,
4: that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never, I don't know. Hmm. Okay, so now, shiny. Shiny? Tomatoa. We haven't even talked about Tomatoa. Oh, yeah. The giant crab. Uh, (laughs) And also the end credit scene. And so we'll play the song and we'll talk about... Tomatoa is a giant crab in the realm of monsters. And uh, he's shiny because he collects... He's like a ferret. He collects shiny things. He's the
0: collector. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Terminator hasn't always been this glam I was a drab little crab once Now I know I can be happy as a clam Because I'm beautiful, baby Did your granny say, listen to your heart Be who you are on the inside I need three words to tear her argument apart Your granny lied I'd rather be shiny Like a treasure from a sunken pirate wreck Scrub the deck and make it look shiny I will sparkle like a wealthy woman's neck Just a sec, don't you know Fish are dumb, dumb, dumb They chase anything that glitters Beginners, oh And here they come, come, come To the brightest thing that glitters Mm, Fish dinners, I just love free food And you look like sea always having trouble with his look you little sammy dummy mini god ouch what a terrible performance get the hook get it you don't swing it like you used to man.
0: get the hook get it
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: you know it's interesting because we don't really have a villain song if anything this is the villain song and it's yeah. not even it's not even scary <laughs> it's, right it's uh, a Jermaine Clement, uh, he's singing this song. He's also the, vo- the voice of Tamatoa. He's a giant treasure-hoarding coconut crab from Lalotai, which is the Realm of Monsters, and he has collected Maui's hook. He took it, and in the Realm of Monsters are all of these, like, mythical creatures and stuff that have, like, been banished to where there's, like, no water? Or it's, like, upside-down water? I'm not really 100% sure what's going on there, but... Uh, Moana can breathe, because she and she doesn't have to have, like, a bubble around her head or anything, so it's very weird, it's it, this might be the only part that's, like, kind of trippy but I do like Tamatoa, and, and he has this moment where he says are you just trying to get me to talk about myself, blah blah blah, and she has a scared look on her face, and he's like Okay, and I'll do it in song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then
4: when she creates a fake heart of Tahiti, mm-hmm. when she figures it out, he says, Oh, I see what she did. She covered a a shell in bioluminescent algae. <laughs> Just like <laughs> <laughs> You know, oh my gosh. Jeez.
0: Good stuff.
4: Yeah.
2: Good, and good then
4: stuff. let's see what's the next one. Oh, we played I Am Awana already. Uh, so Know Who You Are is the song that sort of it starts with I Am Amana, the song of the ancestors, and then this right. whole sequence goes, and it goes into Know Who You Are.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is what this is what she sings to to Fiti, isn't it?
4: Mm-hmm. <sighs> So good.
0: Yes, that's good stuff. Um, And it's a great moment, too. It is a really Mm -hmm. cool moment. And I mean, the whole, I mean, it's the climax for crying out loud.
3: Right.
0: Um, But yeah.
4: All right, let's do it. What are we doing? The classic princess song How Far I'll Go.
0: Okay, here we go.
3: Every turn I take, every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back to the place I know where I cannot go, where I long to be. See the light where the sky meets the sea. Yeah,
0: I mean that is the classic princess song there. That's the thing. Like this is this is so much a return to that. Di- sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is so much a return to that Disney princess formula. Like it really, it really is, and I think that's one of the things that works about it. But it, it's like they kicked it up a notch.
4: Mhm. Yeah. No, I love the song, and I, I think I had this song memorized one day after singing the movie. Seeing the movie, because mm-hmm. I, I listened to the soundtrack. Yeah. The second I got out, I bought the soundtrack, and I put it on replay, and I played it over and over and over. Every time we were in the car, it was Moana. Greg got so sick and tired of Moana songs, because I was just playing them on repeat. And I know, I know the words to pretty much all of it. I, I can't sing the Polynesian stuff, but I know all the English words to mm-hmm. pretty much every single song. Yeah. Yeah, I had it. I had it fully memorized up at a week after I saw nice. the movie. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll be. I'll be memorizing the. You're welcome. Just to get that breakdown because I love. <laughs> I love memorizing songs with fast lyrics to them.
4: So now there are two songs that we've talked about before. There are two songs that they did. Uh, what what do we call those? A uh, pop mm-hmm. versions of them, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. So there's How Far I'll Go mm-hmm. by Alessia Cara. And then there's Your Welcome, sung by Jordan Fisher and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. And I love Jordan Fisher. And he actually did the new song that plays in Magic Kingdom for fireworks. He did that, and he he's also on Dancing with the Stars right now. And he was in Hamilton, and he's amazing. Uh, so let's do the How Far I'll Go first, since we just played it. And... I think they actually did pretty good with their, you know, sometimes the pop ones are bad.
0: (laughs) Uh, Except for Celine.
4: Uh, Celine, of course, (laughs) of course. (laughs)
3: All right, here we go.
4: Not as good at no. all, but it's not bad. What is
0: it with these modern day vocalists? Who? <laughs> I'm sorry, they're like they're singing through their nose and stuff, and it's like they're trying to affect some kind of weird vocal thing. I don't know. <laughs> that's tear. That's. Mm.
4: Okay, okay. All right, go to the next one. The next one I really like. I like good. it a lot. It's not good.
2: I see what's happening. Here. Face to face with greatness and a strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable It's nice to see that humans never change Open your eyes, let's begin yeah. Yes, it's really me Breathe it in I know it's lot, the
1: hair is the vibe. When
3: you're staring at a demigod
2: So what can I say except you're welcome for the tide, the sun, the sky Hey, it's okay, it's okay You're welcome I'm just an ordinary Jimmy What can I you say except you are
1: I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon: the tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was me. I was messing around. I killed a snake. I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree. Now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And the tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories
2: I win. Look where I've been. I make everything happen. Look at that mean mini Maui. Just tickety tapping, and singing and scratching, flipping and snapping. People are clapping, hearing me rap and bring the clothes back
0: Okay, there it was.
4: That was Lin Manuel Miranda doing the rap in the right. middle. That was, that was, mm.
0: that's why I let it get to the rap because I knew he was doing that. Yeah, like when...
4: I, I really love this version of You're Welcome. I love it. That's, so good. I'm glad you
0: like it. I'm glad you like it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's okay if you don't. I do. I this mean, whole soundtrack's good. You know how like they just have a soundtrack for mm-hmm. a Disney movie that's everything. Even the instrumentals are good. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing. This whole thing. Yeah, the score. Is
0: great. The score is really good as well. Like I said, um, um, yeah. I look. I was. I I will. I'll be the first to admit. I waited too long to get on board with this movie. Mm-hmm. I'll absolutely admit that, and. Um, and and I think it is phenomenal. Like I I totally understand how it bumped Lion King for your favorite.
4: Yeah, makes all the it's sense. So in the good, world. Mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Well.
0: That wraps us up, huh? That does. We're done.
4: I mean, we're done. We're completely done.
0: No more Disney Vault talk until no the more next Disney movie. Vault talk. Until, the until there's movie. another
4: animated movie or that's right. something. Well, never.
0: Wait, that's the wrong song. We're going out with this. All right. So, it's just the instrumental version, so we're good.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we hope you guys have enjoyed podcasting with us.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.
4: You're welcome. You're welcome <laughs> for 65 episodes of Disney Vault Talk, and it's been amazing.
0: It has been. It's been but a blast. Hurts. It's been a journey, my friend. Yeah. It's been a journey. It's been a yeah, real journey. It sure has. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope that everyone can take away at least one thing. Uh, Celine Dion did the best pop version of a, of a Disney song. Of anybody. Never... Mm-hmm. Also, uh, just kidding, guys. No, just kidding. <laughs> 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 We're
4: not going anywhere.
0: No, unfortunately for you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we are going to be doing a new top ten next.
4: Yeah, so up next, our next episode will be a top 10. It's going to be a look back at our top five favorite things about the animated canon and then a look forward to our top five things we're excited about for the Pixar films. Yeah. It's going to be a celebration of what we've seen and a party for what's to come. We're going to be emptying our mailbag. It's going to be awesome. But we do have a question for you guys, our vaulties. When new animated canon films are released... What are we going to do about them? We know you're asking. We want to know what you want us to do, how you want us to tackle that. So send us an email at vaulttalk.gmail.com at and let us know what you think we should do.
0: And also, I, I know that we have skipped Meet the Robinsons. Uh, we're yeah. totally aware of that. We had a very generous donation uh, via the Patreon uh, to the podcast network. And uh, that supporter has had a very hectic schedule she wanted to cover that film with us and so we've got to continue to work on scheduling with her and uh we will definitely go back to this movie once we get all those scheduling things worked out so sarah we hadn't forgot you we still appreciate you very much and um and uh and we we'll, and we're and we're not and we haven't forgotten meet the robinsons and we'll get back to that because i want teresa to see giant head tiny little hands and uh, she'll yeah, love
4: it. You know, Meet the Robinsons is still the only Disney movie I've never seen.
0: So I'm looking forward amazing to movie. How about there's one I've seen that you haven't now? Mm. It's amazing. Well, how can people get in touch with us, Teresa?
4: All right, so you can get in touch with us between now and our next show. And we want emails about this question. What do you guys want us to do about the new Disney animated films when they come out? So you need to email us, Vault. Talk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Disney Vault Talk. We also have a Facebook group called the Guardians of the Gulliver. So you can head on over to geekoutonline.com slash group. Is
0: that right? That is absolutely correct.
4: Okay, cool. I don't ever have Mm -hmm. that one written down. I don't know why. And then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Disney Vault Talk. I am at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glosson. And you can follow the entire network of Gulliver's shows at Gulliver's.
0: Hey, and don't forget about Tops, which we forgot to totally do mid-roll. That's my fault. All on me. All on me. Um, Tops.com. You can visit Tops.com and check out their exclusive gear, merchandise, and card sets, and Find out uh, all the stuff they've got going on and coming up. And uh, in your local hobby shops and retailers right now is the Journey to the Last Jedi trading card set, complete with scenes from all across the Star Wars saga, including uh, our beloved Star Wars Rebels. And, of course, they have the miniature, the mini sets that are involved, the different parallel base sets, uh, the chase cards. You're chasing sketch cards and autograph cards and those super rare double and triple autograph cards. And coming in December will be the actual Last Jedi T.O.P.S. trading card set. So uh, get ready. Save your shekels and be ready to collect with T.O.P.S. And, hey, the Star Wars Card Trader app. Over, uh, man, thousands of cards in that app now to trade with people from all over the world. It covers the whole saga from 1977 right through The Last Jedi. Check them out daily. Open the app daily for daily coin rewards and... Uh, daily uh, card offers and all kinds of fun stuff on the Star Wars Trader app. It's available now in the Apple Store and Google Play to play on your on your favorite iOS or Android device. We thank Tops for their sponsorship. Hey, rediscover Tops and rediscover the joy of collecting. If you want to support the shows, please use those Amazon links and the Think Geek links and the Entertainment Earth links. You'll find at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com as well as if you want to support the shows directly, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud, and we appreciate everyone's support of the Golaverse. If you ever want to listen to us live, make sure you're following us on Twitter, and uh, then join us over at mixler.com slash That has been the home of the Golaverse now for literally four or five years, and we, uh, we enjoy it, and it's always a good time with the Mixler Zoo Crew. Jump in with them. You'll, you'll, you may be surprised at the friends you make in the Mixler Zoo crew so come on with us and, uh, and listen live when you can well until next time I'm Steve
4: and I'm Teresa may all your days be magical
0: and uh, well you know what may all your wishes come true whether you're a demigod or a Polynesian Disney princess and she is a Disney princess <laughs> I gotta learn the lyrics to this song I feel like we gotta let it go. We gotta let it breathe a little bit. We
4: could just switch into DuckTales.
0: Well, I did switch into DuckTales, and that was a mistake. I still haven't watched DuckTales on Disney. I DC. have, it's awesome. Is it good? Yeah, I love it. I have to check it out. So, I guess this is the closing music now for sure. Alright. Well. Good show, Teresa. Yeah. Okay. Good show, everybody in the zoo crew. Good show. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Good show. Can you believe we did it? We did it. Good
0: show. Uh, yeah. So, all right. I don't think this is doing what you wanted. Well, I don't think it is either. But hold on, it will. Give it a minute. Will it? Hey, here it goes.